0: Hi there, my name is Jacob and I'm here tonight to talk about friendship. Now Aristotle describes friendship in three categories. He says we have friendships of pleasure, right? People you like to hang out with, people you want to be friends with. If you ride bikes, they are people you ride bicycles with. If you play bridge, they are people in your bridge club, right? Now, the second category of friends that we have in life are friendships of convenience. they are people you have to be friends with, your difficult sister-in-law, perhaps, um, or your boss, right? But the third category of friendship that we have in life are a little bit more abstract than that. And it's what he describes as friendships of salt, and that's people that we taste the salts of life with and find to be mutually worthy of love and trust. My story tonight is how I discovered a friendship of salt. Now, in 2018, if we can remember back that far before COVID, before COVID times, which were nice times, by the way, um, I, had, uh, I had just been dumped by my best friend. Anybody been dumped by a friend before? Yeah, okay, all right, it's not just me. Okay, all right, yeah, right on. And uh, so as coincidence would have it, I was also moving all of my things across the United States to finish my education in a strange town, which i only been to once before in my life. So I move all my shit, all my car, everything that I have, and I pack it up, I move out to this strange new town, and I know nobody here, right? So I spend most of my time in the library, because I'm kind of a low-key loser, but nobody knows that. And uh, um, so I am uh, spending most of my time in the privacy of books, until one day I'm at an ATM. And now, if you've ever been to a big city before, and Anchorage counts by the way but um if you've ever been to a big city being approached at an atm is a really bad thing so i am approached at an outdoor atm by a man in a car and uh and he says hey man nice day we're having today and uh and my spongebob ass is like i know right (laughs) and uh and so he starts chatting me up, and he's doing this thing where he's talking about things that we can see in the environment, which is super weird, but I don't think anything of it. And he says, look, you know, you're kind of a normal guy, and uh, I'm from San Jose, California, and you seem super normal, not like these people. He says, you should totally come to my house sometime and have coffee. And so now, uh, <laughs> I know you guys are like, don't do it. <laughs> and. Uh, um, so I, uh, I take down his phone number, and I said, okay, all right. And now two days later, I sleep on it, and I call this guy, okay? And, uh, and he says, oh, my God, you called. He knew exactly who I was. I didn't have to explain myself. You're the guy from the ATM. And, uh, um, and he gives me his address, and he lives on my street. Go figure. He lives on my street <laughs> at the other side of the intersection, okay? And uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go to this guy's house. And uh, um, and I drive my car because you don't go to a stranger's house without a car. You know you just don't do that. And uh, um, so I drive to this guy's house and and uh, and I ring the doorbell. And uh, now I was not aware when I when he first approached me or accosted me at this ATM just how tall this man was. Okay, now I'm pretty humble. I'm pretty confident in myself. I'm five foot seven and a half, five foot eight in boots. This guy is, I kid you not, six five, big, towering ogre of a man and uh and he says hey come on inside you know i've been waiting for you and uh um so he makes me a cup of coffee as he promised right because you have to deliver and um and i put this cup of coffee to my lips and he says you should totally check out my basement and uh <laughs> and i'm like you're what <laughs> and i uh, says yeah no seriously come here and, uh, and he takes me over, and he shows me this door that literally is down the stairs behind the door. And, uh, and I said, okay, because I'm committed now. I said, all right, okay, all right. And, uh, um, and, I, and I descend. He says, okay, man, go ahead. Like, you first, right? And uh, so I step down the stairs. And uh, I says, light switches on your right. And I'm like, this man is going to kill me. I know this man is about to murder me. And I flick the switch, and the room lights up, and there are wires everywhere there's copper, there's nickel, there's steel, there are exposed wires everywhere, and he says, "Yeah, man, he says, this is where I make guitar strings." So not only is this man going to kill me, but now I know exactly how he's going to do it too and uh, um, And so I said, "Oh cool man, right on, that's really sweet. I like it, nice." And uh, and he leans in. He bends over because he's a big, tall man. He bends over and he says, "Hey, you want to get high?" And uh, uh, as you can tell, I survived this man's basement. And Mike, at that point, in I, Mike and, uh, and I became friends. We became really fast friends for three and a half years. And, uh, and what happened is I spent one to two times a week at Mike's house drinking coffee. We'd sit on his front porch. We would wave at cars. We'd talk to strangers walking their dogs. Um, now, we would also sometimes go antiquing, uh, which was a little weird, but, uh, uh, but I was into it. And, uh, and, and we became this fast kind of friends that were unusual kind of friends. Mike had like three decades on me, right? He's like way taller than me. And, uh, and he would tell me all the time, he would say, you know, Jacob, it's kind of weird. People would talk about us if they saw us in public. They'd think that there was something weird going on. And I said, Mike, you have got to stop telling me that because you're making it weird. <laughs> And, uh, and we became the kind of friends that challenged each other, as friendships are, tend to do, right? And he told me one time, he says, Jacob, he says, you know why people don't like you? And, uh, um, and what do you do with that, right? I said, okay. I said, uh, all right, lay it on me. He says, you wear way too much fucking cologne. And uh, I was so offended. I didn't talk to him for like two days, but he was totally right. Um... And it took me, like, five years to figure that out. Um, but uh, uh, but we became this kind of strange, unusual sort of friendship that challenges each other. And uh, and I, I never touched Mike's pain pill addiction, right? I was like, you know what, man? You're doing this thing, and it's cool. And he was on about 180 morphine equivalent units a day, right? If we have any physicians in the house, um, that's a little more than a little. Um, and... Uh, uh, but so we were just kind of pals like that, and uh, um, and you know I knew we had a kid somewhere, and I knew we had an ex-wife, and we just kind of never touched that. But uh, what happened is, uh, as Mike and I got closer to each other um, in 2021, uh, which was well after COVID, it was deep in the trauma season of COVID. So we had all lost our jobs at that point, right? Or at least 22% of our 401ks, and. Uh, um, and I, and I said Mike I said Mike uh, um, you know I, w- I would like you to be best man in my wedding and I was engaged to be married at that point in time and and he accepted and and uh, um, and at that point March of 2021 uh, Mike called me about a month later and he said uh, he said Jacob um, he said uh, I've just been diagnosed I said well, what are you diagnosed with I've known this guy for four years you know he's nutty but uh, you know whatever it's not terminal and uh, um, and he tells me he says uh this is some kind of lung cancer. So I got involved in, in Mike's in Mike's case, and small cell lung carcinoma um, was what took Mike uh, about six months after that. And um, in the last uh, six to eight months of Mike's life, I saw him blossom and bloom as a person. and and, uh, and quit pain pills uh, cold turkey, and reunite with his son, and heal his relationship with his ex-wife and his daughter and his granddaughter. But the most interesting thing that stuck out to me at that point in my life was that Mike took me to friendship school. Mike, without even knowing it, sat down and taught me how to shut up, listen, be present, and be involved in someone else's life for a change. And this hit me like a brick wall. When Mike passed, I sat in my car and I cried for the first time in five years. And what happened after that is I finally understood that friendships of salt, friendships of salt taste like tears, but salt is the basis of all life. Thank you for your time.